we are coming to the end of the period that we refer to as Sphira, or the period of Sfirata Omer. And so this is really our last chance, our last Wednesday we have for quite a while before we, we can explore with current relevance the, uh, the issue of Sfirata Omer. And what I share today is almost completely based on the research done by Professor David Hanschka, Professor at Barilan, um, who is just an amazing scholar and a brilliant writer and a brilliant teacher. And um, this is a short version of a much longer article that he wrote about Sfirata Omer. And I hope that I do it justice. That's all I could say. All right, we have a mitzvah of Sfirata Omer. Now, as we all know, <clears throat> Sfirata Omer is done out loud, and we're very careful about it, so much so that we don't um, we don't um, declare the name of the, the number of the day that evening before it's time to do it with a bracha, because then we can't say a bracha again. And if we don't say it properly, we go back and say it. We make sure to count the days and the weeks together. And it's all very nice. The question is whether or not the mitzvah Sfirat HaOmer in its original form in the Torah really embodies all of that. And I'll explain why I'm asking that question. There are four or five different places in the Torah where we're commanded to count, count days, count a period of time. One of them is, of course, Sfirat. And here we have it, Usfartem Lachem, you see it highlighted in the yellow, Rachat HaShabbat, Admin Rachat HaShabbat, Ashvit Tisbru Chamishim Yom, etc. Um, that same command is given in the context of Shavuot and leading up to Shavuot in Sefer Dvarim. This is the reading that we'll, we'll be doing on Monday, the second day of Yom Tov in Chutzlarz. Shiva Shavuot Tispor Lach, etc. Me'achel Cherem Shpokavat, Achel Lispor, Shiva Shavuot. And that leads us to Shavuot. Now, parenthetically, why do we have to count? We have to count because we have to be able to identify when Shavuot is, because Shavuot famously does not have a date. It's the only holiday we have that does not have a date. It is basically when is Shavuot, day 50 of, since we brought the Omer. All right, so we have to count to get to it. The interesting thing is that there are, um, there are three other places, two are, they're all related, in which there's a mitzvah sfira. And then there's a, a fourth one that I, that I skipped that I'll go back to. Um, sorry, the three that are right here. The first one is in the parsha that we read a couple of weeks ago, Parshat Bahar, which is Vasaparta Lachashava Shatot Chani. You have to count seven sevenths of years, seven septads of years, and that's going to lead you to Yovel. But a Zav has to count seven days. And a Zava has to count seven. And by the way, those Sfirot have a very clear purpose and function, which is to get to the end of the period. How do I know that I've been clean for seven days? Because I counted seven days. Is there any mitzvah for the zava or for the for the zav to count out loud? Not that we can tell. There is no such thing. It's a, a way of reckoning. And if you think about it, what counting mm-hmm. always is, is reckoning. That's why, by the way, the reason that lisaper and mispar are the same root because when you're misaper, you're recounting, you're retelling something, and you're using misparim, you're counting. I'm, I'm telling you, this happened, then that happened, then that happened, then item number four happened, then item number five happened. So if you think about it, sfira really is just a, a 
consideration and they had a way of counting <coughs> things. Like when you look in the room, you see how many people are there. And in your head, you count. There's five people or six people here, right? When it gets to be a big number, then you have to maybe count out loud or use some other system uh, in order to figure out how many people there are. So that brings us back to our mitzvah and says, who, who says that there's any mitzvah uh, for us to count Sphira, the Omer, to count it out loud, which, of course, is, a, as I said, a central ritual of this period, and people have added all sorts of things to it, uh, all sorts of Pirkei Tehillim and Tfilot and the whole Tfilah, including the Sfirot. But the where does it start? What? How about the bracha itself? And there's a bracha to be said beforehand. The other one said properly, right? Plus the harachaman afterwards. But there's all of this, excuse me for saying so, ritualization around the counting. Question is, where does that start? And the reason I point that out is because if you take a look in the Mishnah, and we're going to jump ahead to source 10, the Mishnah, which is the one place that you would really expect a mitzvah of counting aloud to appear is in the Mishnah at the end of the second parak of Megillah. The end of the second parak of Megillah begins as a tangent from the mitzvah of Megillah by pointing out that, um, that Megillah must be read during the day. And uh, here's a whole series of mitzvot that are kasher during the day, anytime during the day, l'chatchili, you do them after an the Avad, if you did them after Malashachar, it's Kasher. It's a whole long list. And then, and that Mishnah starts with Kol Hayom Kasher, like Kriyat HaMegilat, Kriyat Shofar, Lutat Ulav, Bidui Parim, etc. And then Kol Halayla, Kasher, for two things. Ksirata Omer, that's cutting the Omer, and burning all the fats of the Korbanot that are brought during the day can be done all night. That's the whole list. The Gemara comments on it and says, aha, the Mishnah left off one other item that we think is kasher kolalayla, which is korban Pesach. And that's because this Mishnah follows Rabbi Lazman Azari, who says korban Pesach is only till midnight. In other words, the Gemara sees this list as being an exhaustive list. And that means there's only two mitzvot that are nighttime mitzvot that are kasher all night. You can't say kriyachma because kriyachma has different time divisions when it's kasher. And what are they? Ksirata Omer, cutting the Omer, which is done on the first night of Cholamoid in Eretz Yisrael, and burning the fats every night of Korbanot that were brought during the day. Right? And the rule is, anything with the mitzvah is a nighttime mitzvah, is kasher all night. And look at the big gap. Look what's missing from this Mishnah, Sfirata Omer. As a matter of fact, if you look at it, you will see that there is no mitzvah called Sfirata Omer, that appears anywhere in Tanaitic literature. Not in Mishnah, not in Tosefta, not in Breitot, not in, in Midrashe Halacha. You do not find any mitzvah of Sfirata Omer. <clears throat> However, when you take a look in the Gemara, you will see in Masachat Rosh Hashanah, um, in the discussion about, uh, about the counting and about the issue of months and how we only reckon months by days and not by hours. That's kind of the jumping off point. Uh, in a star, we say on this amount of days to the month. Amarava Atu, and in the middle of that discussion, Rava makes the comment, Atu Atzeret Yomimaninan Shvoi Lomaninan, for Shavuot, do we only count days and not weeks? The Ha'amar Mar, and he quotes somebody, 
mitzvah lemimne yome u mitzvah lemimne shavue. It's a mitzvah to count days and a mitzvah to count weeks. And we open up Masachat Menachot, we see Abaye as being the author of that statement. Mitzvah lemimne yome u mitzvah lemimne shavue. Now, whether Rav was actually quoting Abaye here, or whether this addition here is the uh, Amar Mar is an addition of the later Gemara is up for question. But you find that it's only in really the middle of the fourth century that suddenly we find in the literature a mitzvah of counting. Because when we talk here about mitzvah, that's only meaningful if we're talking about an, a formalized, ritualistic, allowed counting as opposed to just keeping a count in your head. Which means that it seems as if something actually changed in the later Amoraic era that brought us to the point where now Sfira is done out loud. So the question is, what was it before? What was it after? What changed? And before doing that, we'll take a look at a couple other statements from earlier era to see how well it all hangs together. Um, we're going to come back to that Gemara Menachot because it contains a, a, a strange statement that we're, we're going to try to deal with. And um, if you take a look, the Ibn Ezra actually says this, if you see. This is in his commentary in Vayikra, in the beginning of the mitzvah of Havata Omer, says, All other holidays have a date. And Shavuot doesn't have a date. In other words, because you're going to be counting. And when you count, you get to that date, which means the entire purpose of Sirat Omer is to get to the date of to the day of Shavuot, which does not have a date. And you indeed see, even as late as the middle Tanaitic era, in this Tosefta in source 13, you see that Shavuot not only did not have a set date, but it actually could play out on three different days. The Tosefta, famous, it's also quoted in that Sugin Roshana, Atzeret Pamim Shechal Bachliop Bachamisha, Uba Shisha Uba Shiva. Shavuot could be on the fifth of Sivan, sixth of Sivan, or seventh of Sivan. Lo Pachot Vilayoter could never be later, it could never be earlier. Why is that? Because, of course, in our Masoretic tradition, Sfirat Omer begins on the second day of Pesach. We know what date that is. That's the 16th of Nisan. Now, if Nisan is a full month of 30 days, then that means that when we start ER, we're going to be on day 15. If ER is a deficient month, and both of those are exactly what we do in our calendar, then that means that when we start Sivan, will be on day 46, 45. Go from there, and day 49 is the 5th of Sivan, and therefore the next day is the 6th of Sivan. And that's what, what we do in our calendar. If, on the other hand, both Nisan and Er are full months, because witnesses did not come on time, and so we allow them to play out to full 30 days, Shavuot will be on the 5th of Sivan. If, on the other hand, Nisan and Iyar are both deficient months, because witnesses came and testified, and therefore they're both 29-day months, Shavuot will be on the 7th of Sivan. Now notice, 
who who is who's speaking in this in this Tosefta? Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda is a student of Rabbi Akiva that puts us at the end of the second century, last third of the second century, middle of the second century. Rabbi Yudomer, Chal liot b'chamisha siman ra leolam. Now we, however we understand this, whether it's metaphysical, whatever, but if Shavuot falls out on the fifth day of Sivan, that's a bad sign. Veshisha Siman Benoni. If it comes out to the sixth of Sivan, that's okay. Veshiva Siman Yafelilam. On the seventh, it's a great sign. Now, why would we care? Why would this matter at all? So we have to remember that there is a machloket in the same generation between Rabbi Yehuda's colleague and Rabbi Yossi and Rabbanan. When was Matan Torah, the event of Matan Torah? Not, not discussing when Shavuot is. When was the event of Matan Torah? Rabbanan say that Matan Torah was on the 6th of Sivan. And Rabbi Yossi says Matan Torah was on the 7th of Sivan. So what is it Rabbi Yehuda seems to be saying in this Tosefta? If Shavuot somehow lands on the 7th of Sivan, that's a great sign. Why is it a great sign? Because it means that this harvest festival, Chag Katsir, and we're celebrating, is going to come out on the same day as the day that we got the Torah. That seems to be what he's saying. In other words, in the period, the late period of the Tanaim, Shavuot not only does not yet have a set date, but Shavuot is also not, and by the way, we see this in, throughout Tanaitic literature, is not recognized as being a celebration of Matan Torah, the day of Matan Torah. It's a celebration of 50 days since the Omer and a celebration of Chag Katsir. Take a look, for example, at the Mishnah later on in Megillah, in the third parak. The Mishnah in the third parak of Megillah, which in our Bavli is the fourth parak. Yeah. Right? Remember, those are switched. You use, for example, the, um, in the Mishnah lists all the Kriyota Torah for all the special occasions during the year. It starts with the Arba Parshiot, and then it goes through Pesach and Shavuot, Roshanim, Kippur, Sukkot. For Shavuot, what's the Kriyata Torah? By the way, what are we laying on Shavuot? What are we going to be laying Sunday morning? Yes, right. What? Aserat Adibrot, Matan Torah. The Mishnah says differently. The Mishnah says, what do you read on Aserat? Shiva Shavuot, which is this up here, the second source that we have. Which is right here, source number three, which is the source from Dvarim, which tells us about counting weeks since you begin the harvest and then celebrating. That's the reading on Shavuot according to the Mishnah. The Tosefta says the following: So notice that in the times of the Mishnah, as of the codification of the Mishnah. Shavuot is seen independently of Matan Torah, and the Kriyata Torah that is read on Shavuot is about the harvest. In the Tosefta, a little bit later, maybe overlapping time, there is a second opinion brought, which is that on Shavuot we read the story of Matan Torah, which may again mean that Shavuot isn't yet fixed to fall out on the 7th of Sivan, or 6th of Sivan, but because it's around the same time, or because it could fall out then, that's because you read that, or it could be that by that time it's already falling out on the 6th or 7th of Sivan, it's the 6th of Sivan, and therefore we're reading 
uh, which is about Matan Torah. What is, the, what is it that's going on? So I just want to point your, direct, your, your attention to a tshuva of the Rivash, Yitzhak Barsheshet, the 14th century. In the middle of his tshuva, it was a long, much longer tshuva. Notice what he says. It's quite revolutionary, at least to what we're used to. He says there's nothing that says that Shavuot has to be on the day of Matan Torah. The Torah said count 50 days. Day 50 is Shavuot. And who says it's going to come out on the day of Matan Torah? Only because of our calculated system of the calendar, as opposed to testimony system of the calendar, where Nisan is 30 days and Iyar is 29, it always turns out, that the that the third that the fifty days end up on sixth of Sivan, which because we accept the Rabbanan's position is the day of Matan Torah, which means by the way what we're saying is Shavuot, and we all know this Shavuot in the Torah Shavuot, if, if mentioned in the Vim question Pasukim Yimayot, Shavuot is not a Chag Matan Torah. Shavuot is a Chag Yom Abikurim because of the first Korban of the new uh, wheat is brought on the Mizbeach. Uh, it is Chag Akatsir. It is Chag Shavuot because we get there by counting Shavuot to get there. But it is not a celebration of Matan Torah in its original form. That's certainly not the, the reality for us. In our Tfilot, it's Zman Matan Torah Tenu. And all of the customs and everything else that we have around it, of, of emphasizing the extra Limura Torah and decorating the Shul like it's Har Sinai, etc., is all about Matan Torah. So the question is where that happens, how that happens. And does that have anything to do with Sfirata Omer? According to Fenzo Hemshke, it has a lot to do with Sfirata Omer, shall we say, the two impact on each other. So remember, our starting position, our starting question is, why is it, where do we get the idea that Sfirata Omer is to be done out loud? So we're going to start at the end. We're going to start with this small, short piece in uh, in Menachot, at the very end of the sugya, you know, so if you remember the sugya, the Mishnah there presents the um, a, a description of the process of cutting the Omer, and it is what we call a very big deal. They make a big deal about it, and the guy who's going to cut it stand. They get a lot of people to come out there, and they prepare everything before Yom Tov, and then right after Yom Tov, they all rush out there, and the guy who's going to cut the Omer says to the Beitin, um, shall I cut? I'm sorry, uh, this, this um, tonight, yes, tonight, this scythe, yes, this scythe, this basket, yes, this basket. It could be on Friday night. It says this Shabbat, yes, this Shabbat. Each thing three times back and forth. And the Mishnah says, you make a big deal. Why? In order to oppose the Baitusim and the Tzukim that said that Sirat Omer is always on Saturday night. That was, was the big battle about the calendar. We've talked about that in the past. The Gemara there goes through the arguments about why Moharada Shabbat doesn't mean Sunday, which is the Tzaduki position. It means Sunday. And it presents about eight different arguments about why it is that uh, Moharada Shabbat means Moharat Yom Tov, not Moharat Sunday. And at the very end of that very long sugya. There is a short little piece, Amar Abaye, 
mitzvah lemimne yome u mitzvah lemimne shavua. We saw this already. He said it's a mitzvah to count days and a mitzvah to count weeks. Now, by this time, we're certainly talking about counting aloud. Rabbanan devei Rav Ashi manu yome u manu shavuot. In Rav Ashi's Beit Midrash, the students did that. That's what they did. They counted days, they counted weeks, exactly like we do. What today? Today is 47, right? Today is 46, today is 47, today is 46. And that means, and we say it's 46, which is six weeks of four days, right? As far as say, it's 46 days in the Omer, which is, right? They put the word the Omer in a different place. But Amemar, which, which is the end of the Sugya, makes it, does his practice and his explanation is very strange. Amemar Maneyome, Amemar six generations, right before Rashi, Maneyome Velo Maneshvui. He only counted days and not weeks. Why? Amar Zecher Lamikdashu. Now, what does that mean? Zecher Lamikdashu. What does he mean by that? You understand, it's a, it's a strange line. If, if he means by that, that the whole Sfirat Omer is really not operative today, it is purely a Mikdash Mitzvah, and we do it just to remember the Beit HaMikdash, so we'll only do part that does not jibe with the rest of the way we look at Zechel Mikdash. Every time we do a Zechel Mikdash, we do it completely, as completely as we're allowed to without a Mikdash. We don't say that We'll only have a piece of matzah, but not maror, to remember korech. We do the whole thing. Matzah and maror, al matzotorim yachlu. We don't do zechel the mikdash and pick up lulav the other six days of, the, of, the, of Sukkot. Remember, we, we, we only shake lulav outside of Yerushalayim, outside of the mikdash. Um, the rest of Sukkot, after the first day, is zechel the mikdash. We don't say, I'll pick up three of them. I'll pick up the et, the, the lulav, the hadas, and the arva. Leave the etrog behind. Zechel mikdash, not that. Zechel mikdash, you do the full way. So why would Amemar say, "Well, we'll only count days and not weeks"? Because zechel mikdash, it's a very strange thing. So in his article, he he Vetsarinsky points us back to the two mitzvot of Sfirata Omer. And let's see what are we counting towards. Take a look at it. In the first partial, the one that we're much more familiar with, because first of all, we read it during Sphere, so we pay a lot more attention to it. And second of all, it includes the, the mitzvah of Omer of days and weeks, and it also includes the mitzvah of the Omer. We have the following. So on Moharata Shabbat, which we interpret, of course, and our Messiah tells us is the second day of Pesach, the coin takes an omer's worth of barley, lifts it up as a korban. Good. And on that day, you bring a korban. And then, then there's the Isra of Chadash. Now, usfartem lachem mimachorah Shabbat, you're going to count. What are you doing? You're counting. You're going to count, and I'm going to say it differently. You're going to reckon, keep in, keep in mind, keep account of seven full weeks. Until you finish the seven weeks, and you will have reckoned, and now you're at day 50. And then what are you going to do on day 50? You're going to bring another korban. In other words, the counting is from korban to korban. Korban ha'omer, barley, 
korban shtehalechem wheat. So basically you're saying, okay, I brought the barley offering and now I'm going to X off on my calendar or in my mind, I'm going to say, or I'll show my friends or a little signal. All right, now it's been 43 days, 44 days, 49 days. Oh, we did 49 days. Good. Tomorrow we're going to bring the new offering. Now, by the way, it doesn't say on the 50th day have a holiday. It says on the 50th day bring an offering. Notice that. And now it gives you the details of the offering. And then other korbanot you bring on that day. And look all the way down to Pasuk Chafalef. Oh, and by the way, make that a holiday. Notice what generates what. The holiday doesn't generate the korban. The korban generates the holiday. This, by the way, sets Shavuot off as an absolutely unique holiday. Not only has no date, it's a holiday where the holiday doesn't generate a korban, the korban generates a holiday. And so therefore, you're going to bring the Mincha Chadashah because it's day 50. And therefore, you're going to declare a holiday, Mikra Kodesh Yalachem, you don't do any Malacha, etc. That's Emor, that's Vayikra. That's counting days and weeks also. Look at Sefer Dvarim, it's a whole different story. What does it say in Sefer Dvarim? Shiva Shavuot Tisporlach. Very simple, count seven weeks. From when? Mehachel Chemesh Bakama, when you first pick up the scythe to cut the stalks, Tachel Lispor Shiva Shavuot. Start counting seven weeks. Weeks. What should you do then? Make a festival. Look how dramatically different these two parashot are. First of all, this second parasha makes no mention of days. It's weeks. You count weeks. Second thing is, you're not bringing a korban at the beginning of this period in this parasha. You're just starting to count, starting to cut, and you're you're, uh, counting. And you're counting weeks. And what are you doing at the end of the period of counting weeks? You make a holiday. And by the way, there's no mention of a special korban in that holiday at all. Just the samachta, etc. And since you have two very different statements about Shavuot. Now the Bible critics do what the Bible critics do with this. And Rabbi David C. Hoffman answers as Rabbi David C. Hoffman answers in his, in his masterful work on Sefer Vayikra. And Rabbi Breuer answers as Rabbi Breuer does in dealing with the two bechinot, as it were. But notice that the Torah is commanding us two parallel acts of counting. One act of counting is count 50 days, korban to korban. Count seven weeks to a holiday, to a chag. Now, of those two things, which of them is in full force today? Which one of those two is in full force today? Not the Korban. Not the Korban. Exactly. But the holiday is. We have Shavuot with the Isur Malachan, Kedushat Hayom, just like in the times of the Mikdash. Nothing's changed as far as the Kedushat Hayom goes. Which means, if you will, the Parsha in Dvarim hasn't changed. The Parsha in Dvarim, we do exactly what we did then, except that uh, no Aliyah Regal, at least in the formal sense. The Parshan Vayikra is, for us, not currently operative. It starts with the Korban, 
you count 50 days and bring another korban. Oh, and when you bring that korban, you declare Yom Tov. Two different things. So Fesheranski suggests as follows. The essential mitzvah of Sfirah, just like it is with a Zav and a Zavah, and just like it evidently is with Yovel, is just keep account. There's no mitzvah to say it out loud. There's no bracha. There's just keep account, keep a reckoning. Because you did something, now you got to wait a certain amount of time until you do the next thing. Keep it in mind. And by the way, Shavuot doesn't have a date. And by the way, Shavuot starts as in Vayikra as a korban that then generates a holiday, but it doesn't have a date. It has when you've gone X amount of days from this event, then you have a holiday. And it's done, it's done just with your own counting. So what happens? Um, counting weeks has not changed at all. Counting weeks hasn't changed because Shavuot is still operative. In other words, we're going to stay on the Doraita path, in the original path, we'll call it, of Sfira of weeks. This is a Maymar. And can it continue to reckon it in our minds? However, counting days is no longer fully operative. So he says, therefore, it becomes a Zechel HaMikdash. And, to, and because that's a Zechel HaMikdash, because the counting the days is what gets us to the Korban. He said, therefore, we're going to do that out loud. Now, why is that the case? Because something else has changed. What changed in the Tosefta here? Remember? We said in the Mishnah, the reading of the Torah on Shavuot was Shiva Shavuot. In the Tosefta, there's an opinion already, which is exactly what we do. So here's a suggestion comes. Hafleva as we say. He says, up until the time of the end of the Tanaitic era, the sanctification of the new moon was still happening based on testimony, which means that unlike every other holiday, Shavuot still didn't have a date in the calendar. It had a day of the week, because it was simply the same day as the second day of Pesach, seven weeks later. But it didn't have a date in the calendar. Kozman, that it doesn't have a date in the calendar, you can't really commemorate it as a, as, a, as a historic event, as the anniversary of an event, if it doesn't have a date in the calendar. If especially since that, date in the, that event has a date, not in the Torah, but in Chazal. Sixth or seventh of Sivan. What happens when we now move to calculation and every year Nisan is Malay and Yar is Chaser? Suddenly, the holiday of Shavuot has a date, the Bab Sivan. And that date comes out to be the same date that, according to our tradition, is the date of Matan Torah. Suddenly, Shavuot can be wed with Matan Torah as a celebration of Matan Torah. And that's where all the literature develops from there. As a result of that, we now have the mitzvah of counting aloud because now the mitzvah is, as we said, mikdash to commemorate the way it was done in the mikdash, but aloud, not mikdash, it was not done aloud, but it's also commemorating because you no longer need sfirah to arrive at Shavuot because Shavuot has a date. You don't need to count days from Yom Kippur to Sukkot. Because Yom Kippur has a date and Sukkot has a date. The minute Shavuot has a set date, there's no need to count anymore 
In other words, Sfira as a reckoning no longer has meaning. So Sfira becomes now a ritual. And it's a ritual to now generate our anticipation and excitement of counting from Yitziat Mitzrayim to Matan Torah. It all changes when the calendar becomes fixed, the date of Shavuot becomes fixed, and then Shavuot is a celebration of Matan Torah, then becomes what the norm is, is what we've had, of course, for the last 1,700 years or so. So that's the way he explains this statement of Amemar, where he said that he would count days and not weeks, because Zechel Mikdash, meaning the day counting, Shavuot, we continue to count in our mind, just like it always was, because that really hasn't changed.